Hey everybody, it's the weekend and that means it's time for the Fuzz Factory. This is episode 4 and we talk about two bands with fuzz in the name, so that's kind of their connection to the show. We talk about a band called Fuzzcrafter and then we go into a band called Buffalo Fuzz. Uh, they're both kind of heavy, kind of groovy, so check them out. Welcome one and welcome all to the one and only Fuzz Factory. You're sitting with Spenny and your wonderful and beautiful host, Savannah. How you doing? Welcome back, guys. We got an extra fuzzy special episode for you. But first, who's our sponsor today, Spenny? We are going to be talking about a lovely... Well, why do I say lovely for everything? We are going to be talking <laughs> about a wonderful night called Cree Comedy Night. Cree Comedy Night? What is that? So, uh, in case you're wondering, Savannah and I are not only podcast hosts, but we are... Amateur and very, very beginner uh, stand-up comedians. So what? as part of a college class, we are going to be performing stand-up at Rumors Comedy Club in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And when will we be performing Sav? Just like I got to turn my mic down. We have so many comics this year that it's actually spread over two nights. But if you want to see me and Spenny, uh, you can find us on November 6th. I believe doors open at 6.30, show starts at 7.45, $10 a ticket. Um, And we actually get a portion of the proceeds from the tickets for all the pre-sales. So, I mean, if you want to support us. Yes, if you would like a ticket, you can contact Savannah Kelly. You can contact me, Spencer Myers, or one of our professors, Kenton Larson. He also has tickets. So check him out. He's on social media. Uh, At Kenton Larson on Twitter, um, K-E-N-T-O-N-L-A-R-S-E-N. Between the three of us, we can definitely get you hooked up for yeah. tickets. Uh, we're going to be doing five minutes each, uh, and we're going to be performing along with a bunch of our classmates. It's going to be a really, really fun night, and I'm... So many funny people in this class. I'm terrified. You would be amazed. I'm very nervous, but yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Um, my mouth's already getting dry just thinking about it. Like, I was actually kind of getting nervous the other day in class, just like we were writing jokes or attempting to write jokes. Yeah, I didn't get any punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, I, I know not. how to start a joke, just not finish it. Yep, I hear you there. So uh, we were just, I don't know, I was freaking out. I noticed that like literally my hands were getting clammy. And really? It, yeah, and I was like, I'm not a nervous dude. I'm fairly relaxed for in most situations. So apparently the idea of getting up on stage is making me wet my shorts. But uh, <laughs> I promise to have the driest pants that you've ever seen that night. And uh, we and will see. both be attempting to make you laugh. So come to yeah. Cree Comedy Night, Rumors Comedy Club. Uh, it will Winnipeg, be, Manitoba. Yes, Winnipeg, Manitoba. It will be uh, at... 6th and 7th. Yes, thank you. Doors open at 6 o'clock. 6.30. Show, okay. Doors open at 6.30. Show is at 7.45. Uh, there's going to be about 20 to 25 comedians performing 14, uh, between the two 14 nights. 14 comedians each night. 14 comedians yeah. each night? 14 each night. It's going to be a mix of men and women, all kinds of comedy. Uh, you will see. The stuff at the beginning will be like solid. The stuff in the middle will get very weird. And then they'll end it on a high note. Come and see. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. I was not expecting our practice rounds to be as funny as they were. Um, and uh, everyone really impressed me. So mm-hmm. I think I think by the time the show rolls around, we'll definitely be enough to get you guys laughing. So come, have a few drinks, and... Laugh at us, please. Yeah, please well, laugh. This please. is the one opportunity where you have, you're begging people to have, hey, make fun of, well, don't make fun of us, but laugh at us, please. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, one more time. Cree Comedy Night, November 6th and 7th, and that is our sponsor for today. Thank you very much. Now, on to today's episode. Like I said, we have an extra fuzzy special episode. And why is that? Because we're going to be playing two bands that have a new record out from this year, 2016, that have the name Fuzz 
in their band name. Simple, right? Yes. Yeah. So the first band we're going to check out is called Fuzzcrafter. Okay. Um, now, if you want to check them out and like see what I'm seeing right now, you can go to fuzzcrafter.bandcamp.com. Bandcamp, you're not our sponsor today, but I'll still plug you. You're a great platform for artists to get their music you to You could the people. sponsor us if you want. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you hear this and you want in. I mean, they just got it for free, though. I don't think they'll pay for it now. Anyways, <laughs> anyways Fuzzcrafter. So they are a band from France, and they're instrumental fuzz rock. They're a trio. Um, they've got, like, deep roots in 70s bands. Like, you'll, you'll definitely get some, like, Black Sabbath-y vibes from them. Okay, cool. Um, and, you know, I've, I've listened to it a little bit. The thing is, since they do instrumentals, every song on this record, which is just called Fuzzcrafter, it's just a self-titled album, yeah. um, they don't have names. There's eight songs, and so the first set is A1, A2, A3, A4. So they kind of have um, an instrumental where, like, they don't have to give the song a name because it whatever they're experimental <laughs> 70s fuzz rock i don't know they're unique yeah but they're different songs between a1 a2 a3 but you can see that there's kind of like an overarching feel to them um so you know what do i just want to jump into it and play the first song give them a feel then we'll tell them more about the record yeah sure we'll jump into it after i like that start yeah. off the show with the song yeah i feel like since none of them have names we can't really go by intuition here and i feel like the first song on any album is usually an important one for the band so like we're going to go. Yeah, it's what you're kicking off with. So I feel like okay, we should cool. play A1. So yeah, here's Fuzzcrafter with A1 on the Fuzz Factory.
So what'd you think of that one? That was cool. I wasn't expecting it to be as heavy as it was, but I like it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I did say Black Sabbath, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just had never heard it before. Mm -hmm. So You never really know what to expect just from the name of the band. Exactly, yeah. So uh, definitely fuzzy, definitely cool. Oh, yeah. I really like it, though. And Black Sabbath-esque was, like, a good way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, like, the same way that Sabbath kind of, like, had those big, heavy, distorted bass lines driving the song. I could definitely feel that coming from here. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, How did you find these guys? Um, I was... Honestly, I stumbled into this other band on YouTube called Buffalo Fuzz, and they're coming up later, so hang around. Okay. Um, and it got my wheels turning, and I was like, you know what? We should just do an episode just about bands with the word fuzz in it, or fuzzy. There's this other band called Fuzzy Duck that almost made it into the show. So maybe Fuzzy we'll, Duck. Yeah, Fuzzy okay. Duck, but they're actually from the 70s. Um, the album cover was a duck with an afro, <laughs> so that That's says it awesome. all. Yeah, that says it all. Um, but I ended up going with Buffalo Fuzz and Fuzz Crafter for this episode because they they both have that kind of a heavy psych vibe cool. to them. Um, these guys are definitely more 70s and um, like that. And then Buffalo Fuzz has a lot more bluesy elements mm-hmm. that you'll see. But I thought that they paired really well together. So This is sweet. Yeah. Um, so Fuzz Crafter was definitely like a happy accident. Sometimes those are what you need. Sometimes exactly. best people are born out of happy accidents, you yeah. know? And I'm pretty sure now I know for a fact that any band with the word fuzz in it, I'm going to enjoy what they play and that they're more than likely going to be fitting for this podcast. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it makes for easy yeah. content providing. Totally. <laughs> it really lie. does. But it's kind of cool. Like, we we weren't struggling for a theme, but we had thought about this for a while. And, like, I, I like the idea of exploring this because some, like, uh, it's it's weird to like search for music just based off a band name or mm-hmm. like search off like a, a, a word, yeah. right? Not man, I I've don't know never anyone, done it before. Yeah, I don't know anyone who like, it was like, I'm going to look for new music today. I'm going to look up right, rubber boots. Yeah. And like, only listen I to bands. I want a band that says eggs in the yeah, title. Like, <laughs> so I kind of like the idea that we, that like we went for that. And I don't know. We picked a strong word though, like fuzz. It just, buzz, it, it encapsulates crap. everything that we want in the music that we're looking for. Um, but the interesting thing about these guys is that um, they compose their music like during actual jam sessions and they record stuff live. So it's kind of like they're bringing, it says right on That's their band cool. camp that it's kind of like they're bringing that unaltered spontaneity that has made like rock and roll records that we just love to Well, that kind day. of, like it felt kind of like not like sloppy. I would never say that they sounded no. sloppy, but the, the recording sounded a lot looser, like not heavily produced. Mm-hmm. Um, like the levels and everything were fine, like sounded great. But like that, this, now that you're mentioning that, that definitely makes sense, and I can kind of yeah. tell, because um, that, that's the way it. Uh, like I'm recording a lot of music right now, and the way that I record it, it's kind of a really, really mishmash way of recording, because I do everything by myself, so it's impossible for me to do like, um, like as if I was a band in a studio. It's physically impossible for mm-hmm. me to do that. But I really like the feeling of like everyone's all mic'd up and it's like okay three two one and you play it like yeah front this to is back. real this is what you're actually hearing it's not yeah. each person going individually playing their part and, and that's so when i'm playing my parts um lately what i've been doing is i'll i play my parts all front to back like i don't just mm-hmm. play a solo i'll play like you know what i mean I'll, yeah. I'll play that rhythm track all the way through play the lead track all the way through play the drums all the way through and i layer it in and it's not quite as authentic but it gets me close it gets me closer totally. than uh than chopping and producing every every track uh, which you're still and it's really a feat anyway. to be able to do that as one person it's uh definitely been a learning curve for yeah, sure just because you're good at guitar does not mean that you're good at drums it doesn't transfer no exactly like, i just started learning drums in june no may oh really yeah 
cool. I, I had a drum kit for a year, but I had nowhere to set it up. Mm-hmm. So it literally sat in my apartment, just stacked up for well, a where year. Where is it? <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> now it is set up at my studio. Um, you dis- have a studio. Yes, an undi- undisclosed location. Oh, really? Been Manitoba. <laughs> uh, it's nothing fancy. It's a friend's basement. I don't want to over-glorify it. Yeah. But it's enough space for me to set up like all my, my gear and my monitors and my, my drum kit and my guitars and stuff. And oh. it's where I'm recording everything right now. And it's coming together nicely. It, much better than I expected, to be honest. I was kind of worried when I was the first couple of days of recording. I was like, this is going to sound like shit. <laughs> but it actually <laughs> sounded better than I thought. Awesome. So, so it's been nice. Um, but that's something that I noticed about this Fuzzcrafter band that we just listened to is that they kind of have that older style of recording um, vibe to it because um, I didn't notice it till you said it. But now that you're saying it, I like it. Like, um, Yeah, it's really good. Do you want to go into another song um, of theirs? Yeah, and I was thinking just for comparison so we know, do these songs sound like they go together? We should pick another one from A. Yes. But um, A4 is a lot different from the other ones. Like A2 is still pretty heavy, but um, A4 actually has some acoustic stuff. Okay. So like, let's get both ends of the spectrum here. Let's try right? it out. And yeah, it's interesting because A1, that's the beginning of the tune, and A4 is basically the end of this, um, oopsie, end of this like melody or whatever the hell it is so it's like you're hearing the beginning now let's hear the end sweet yeah so here's fuzzcrafter with a4 holla
I like that. That was much different than the first song. Yeah, it's it was uh, yeah different. <laughs> did it remind you of anything? It's like, mm, yeah, that was different. Uh, it kind of a little. Actually, it did a little bit. Now that you mention it, it kind of reminded me of like an angrier version of Led Zeppelin's Barnyard Stomp. <gasps> Whoa, that's so true. Yeah, like, like as soon as you said, "What does it remind you of?" I'm like, "Hey, that kind of reminds me of that." Should we play a little bit of that for comparison for the people listening? Yeah. Because that is so true. Yeah, okay. Let, we'll just give you like 30 seconds of Bronyar Stomp. Yeah, so you kind of get a feel of what I mean there, right? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely a kind of a little bit of a comparison there. But I guess Fuzzcraft are obviously much more kind of angrier, a little bit louder. Well, and you know that they're inspired by Led Zeppelin. It's I mean, I mean, it's one of their bands right here. Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple. So, yeah, they probably grew up listening to that song. Probably. That's cool. Yeah. I love that when you... there. I like when you can, like... Because it's naive to think that your sound is completely original. Because, like, I listen to a lot of the songs that I write, and I think, like, oh, this is, like, no one else has written this before. And then I'm like, oh, god damn it, that sounds like a John Mayer song. Because, yeah. like, your influences just will naturally come Even out. just if you wrote a rock song, immediately yeah. it's not original because you're not creating a new genre of music. You're playing within a genre that already exists. Well, under the, the chances kind are of those chords have probably been used before. Like, it's kind of like, you know, when, like, you're trying to come up with, like, so it's very similar as if, like, oh, I'm going to be an inventor and come up with the next everyone needs product it's like chances are you won't because it's probably already been done music is kind of similar like that whereas like i feel like there's a lot more room for variation and i don't feel like we'll ever run out of music to be made but we've had like the modern instruments that we're using now for a while and we've had a lot of people dedicate a lot of hours to music it's very hard to come up with something that no one else has done before so but i actually heard this maybe about a year ago there is a finite amount of music there's oh really? Yeah. There okay. Is so not why don't you explain this a little bit? Because I've never heard about this. Well, before. it was like really kind of high level, sort of abstract thinking. But y- really, it there's an Im- almost an infinite number of combinations. Like we could never really reach it, but it's finite. It does end because there's only a certain number of combinations you can get with certain notes. Well, so that's yes, what it, yeah. the vast majority of them would sound horrible and not even melodic at all. It would just be random notes in a random jazz. Yeah, not only random notes sequencing, but like the tempo and everything. Like which ones are held long, which and short. Mm-hmm. Think about it. There's, it seems like there would yeah. be an infinite number of combinations, but there isn't. Well, there's not because you're right because there is a fixed number of notes on a on an instrument. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was getting at, right? So it's like, I feel like it's hard. It, it's the wrong. If you're trying to create music, especially listening to music is a much different ballgame. But if you're trying to create music, you got to you got to get it out of your head that like I'm going to be the next Mozart or that I'm going to create something that no one else has done before. You might. And it's a good like that's a good goal to have, I guess. (laughs) But like it's you're going to have a lot more fun if you take your or at least I have noticed I've had become a better musician and I've had a lot more fun when I take my influences like 
um, I'd say my top three right now, currently. Like, um, I listen to a lot of John Mayer. I really love his guitar work. Um, I listen to a, a crap load of Led Zeppelin, always have. And I've been listening to um, a guy named Martin Courtney, if you've never heard of him. I haven't. Uh, uh, he's a really good guitar, just a, kind of a, I guess he's not indie because he's on a label, but I very just kind of weird, um, kind of atmospheric music, but he's a really good guitarist, and he's really, really good at uh, writing guitar-based music. Um, which is different than writing lyric-based music, as you would probably know. Yeah. Like it's just it's the focal point of the song isn't like, the lyrics; it's the guitar work. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's very much up my alley. Um, but like I've had a lot more fun playing music when I've just let my influences naturally come out rather than trying to fight it. Yeah. And so it's like rather than you're not copying a song, but like rather than being like, oh, I can't use those chords because they've been done before. It was like, no, you can like use the same chords but use them differently mm-hmm. and see what you see how you can twist it and then. Like, obviously, don't use the same vocal pattern because yeah. that's just cheesy. You're getting but into like, a legal gray area yeah, there. But, like, but if, there's nothing wrong with using the same chords because if people weren't using the same chords as other people, blues wouldn't exist and rock and roll wouldn't exist. Totally. So, um, there would be no genre. No, no, exactly. So I think that's something I've noticed is as I've tried to play more music is that like your influences are just going to come out anyway and it's going to sound better if you work with your influences rather than trying to fight them and stray away from them. Don't fight the feeling. Exactly. And that's something that I've noticed from Fuzzcrafter, the band that we've been listening to today. Uh, very evident, kind of like mm-hmm. their their influences, but no, it's not ripping off any of these styles, right? Yeah. And there's a there, like you said, there's kind of a line there that you got to walk, and they're doing it well. They are. They're really yeah. walking it. And so I find it interesting that our, the first song we listened to reminded us a lot of Black Sabbath. The second one, Led Zeppelin. I feel like I should just let you pick the next song at random, because I mean, you know, be one before whatever, um, and then we'll see. Does it sound like anybody else? Yes. Okay. So what are you feeling? Hmm. Well, we've heard. I don't feel like it should be another A. No, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, we've heard the A side, so I kind of want to get a feeling of the B side because maybe they switched it up again. Um, What do you think of B3? It's about a six-minute song. B3, I like it. Okay, let's Let's try this one. So this is the last song that we'll play by Fuzzcrafter today. Uh, If you want to check them out, they're on Bandcamp. That's a super cheap album. It's great music. Yeah, before we um, go to it, speaking of cheap, um, you can buy the actual CD and get it shipped to you within three days for um, ten pounds, like um, you know, European or ten. Yeah, it'd be like fifteen bucks Canadian. It's super cheap for a great album. Um, but the digital album, I and I love it when bands do this. Um, you can get a high quality download of the whole album and name your price. So I mean, you know, don't pay a penny. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. You know, don't like, don't be a wiener. But yeah, and you know what I find with that, I'm likely to pay more well that's that's why a lot of people Bandcamp. shout out to you again hopefully you'll sponsor us and maybe <laughs> me in the future i got an album coming out <laughs> by the way uh like that's w- something that i really like about Bandcamp and services like that because you're gonna the people who are gonna find this album a are already fans because they've searched your name and you've they've went to your Bandcamp page um you don't really just find that by accident really um and then after that i like you said like i find people are kind of more passionate about it so they're naturally like oh chuck them 12 bucks like totally. whereas like on itunes it's just a standard 9.99 and like the band isn't getting most no. like they were getting well you know what i actually I, I don't too, know what the does Bandcamp get a cut like i don't really know i haven't worked with Bandcamp yet so i'm not sure i'm planning on putting content on there very soon so i'll be able to answer that in a hopefully a couple weeks um i know that itunes does treat their artists very well and that's why a lot of i artists really want to be like apple artists because you make good money um Do you? yeah i i have my band has a song on itunes and it's the out of the all the services that we put our music on apple paid us the best 
So, which is which was shocking to me. Um, not that I was anti-Apple. I have I've spent literally thousands of dollars in Apple products. We're both products. looking at Apple computers. Yeah, I was right going to say I'm definitely part of the the cult, the culture Apple, I'm the Church of Apple. But <laughs> like, um, I noticed that too that. I wasn't thinking that they would be that great with the royalties and stuff. Well, I thought and I'd heard the opposite before, but yeah, maybe it was years ago. And may, and it might better. be different because we we are independent, so yeah. we don't have a producer, we don't have a label that would otherwise be the taking profits not being cut into so yeah many exactly. Slices. So we just get a will. I'm not going to share what percentage we get, but we get a we get a fairly a very very good percentage for for the type of musicians that we are. We're just university students or college students, so. Um, and we we made decent money off it, and it was not like millionaires or anything. Definitely not that. Mm -hmm. But uh, just compared to uh, what like our investment in getting the song produced, and then versus uh, we, we had very good feedback, and I wasn't expecting that from iTunes. Cool. So, yeah. So, um, but something I like about this iTunes, or sorry, the the kind of your own pay option is like you said. Um, I think you're automatically getting fans that are a bit more passionate about it. Um, you're automatically kind of getting people that are they've already done the work they've already searched their album right and like and i find i want i don't like stealing music i like paying for music mm -hmm. it's 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 <laughs> sorry it's hard because there's a lot of music that we want to listen to and you're like oh my god i like logistically i cannot afford every album that i want to listen to yeah but we were talking today and i guess uh right before we launch into b3 by fuzzcrafter we'll just talk about this because otherwise i'll forget what are we talking about? um we were talking uh when we went for a walk today we were having coffee and we just i was talking about how itunes is kind of um kind of where i think the music industry is heading and where i i think um a lot of bands should be taking advantage of itunes or sorry, not iTunes. My God, uh, iTunes is great, but yeah. Were uh, you, did take you mean it, Bandcamp? No, I mean I'm meaning YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. I, right? Yeah. I was like, I don't remember this conversation. No, so, so like, I think more bands should be taking advantage of YouTube. So if you look at it like this, yes, um, YouTube is a free platform. So you and I, as consumers, can go to YouTube and just get whatever we want for free. We can get skateboarding videos, makeup videos, music videos, anything People that you falling down, anything that you want. You can search that and watch it for free, which is great. But the wonderful thing about YouTube is that you can make money off YouTube if you're a content provider. So if you're a musician and you're providing your own content onto YouTube and it's like and you're you're allowed to monetize that because it's your content, um, th that's a great way to to make money. Um, it's an international platform. You've got access to literally billions of people who are gonna be search who have the potential to search your. Uh, video. There's no language barriers. There's no. Um, there's very few YouTube videos that are like available in the states that you can't watch in Canada, vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and there's kind of ways around that if you know your way <laughs> around a firewall. So uh, the like, it's very easy to access international content on YouTube. And I think a lot of artists are afraid of YouTube because they they are afraid of this. Um, this free consumer market sort of thing where they think, well, why would I produce an album and then put it on YouTube? But like. First off, that's not the only place you're putting it. You're putting it on iTunes. You're putting it on Bandcamp. You're putting it on Spotify. Anywhere that actually, I don't know about Spotify. I don't know how I feel about them. But you're putting it on anywhere else except Spotify and YouTube. And like you all collectively, this is how you make money. And I, something else that we touched on today when we were talking is that 
I think it's a much different music market than it was back in the 70s. I think a lot of musicians, and I know I have a lot of friends, and I'm really guilty of it too, uh, you have this dream of being a rock star in the 70s or the 80s. Yeah, and like, oh, I man. don't even need to be a rock star. I just want to be in the 70s. Yeah, like, screw the industry, man. I just want to make music. But I just want to like, be at an Eagles concert. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And I feel you. If I could time travel, even if I knew that they were, like I would just mess up the world, Donald Trump was going to do it anyway. So mm-hmm. if I was going to mess up the world, I would go back to the 70s and just have a wonderful and very illegal, very wonderful time. I said wonderful <laughs> twice, but that's how wonderful yeah. it would be. It would be a totally. great time. Um, but I think kind of a mistake that we make is that there's a lot of young people, and I think we don't like the way that the world is going on right now. And whether that's the music world, whether that's the political world, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that we don't really agree with as young yeah. people, I feel. Uh, so it's really easy to look at other times in the world and think, oh, it was simpler, or I wish I lived back then. But you don't. You, you, yeah. live, you live here now. So if you're going to make yeah. money here as an artist now, don't be thinking as if you were in the 70s because that's a bad move. you got to be um, on the web, man. If you're a modern artist, you got to take advantage of the internet. You have to take advantage of all these platforms. And it is exhausting. It's exhausting having passwords and accounts and responsibilities and comments on all these different platforms. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm that popular. Please start commenting <laughs> and liking my stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for artists who have – so say you're an international artist and you've got all these followers and stuff and you're trying to keep up with all these accounts and stuff. It's exhausting. And and it's a new part of the industry that people back then didn't have. But think of the opportunities that musicians have now versus back then. Mm-hmm. I can literally, so if today, if I know nothing about music, but hey, do you know what? I'm going to go make a basic computer beat. I could literally, I have a laptop. I could literally go to a music shop. I could buy a little MIDI keyboard, plug it in my laptop, learn how to play five notes on a keyboard, which takes no time because there's five notes on a keyboard. Like anyone can do this now. And within seconds, you could make a crappy little like. I'm not saying your music, anyone else's music is crappy. I'm just using this as an example. If you it's the first tune, it's probably crap. yeah. You can you can literally within five minutes, you can go home, cut a demo, add a drum track, and within however long it takes to upload to YouTube. So think about this: within an hour, you could go to a store, buy a keyboard, come back, and put a song on the internet. When could you do that in the '70s? Like. You, never. Or, or never you couldn't you didn't have this reach so it's kind of a weird time to be a musician i feel because there's a lot of stealing going on because mm-hmm. it's so easy like i'm not, i'll be 100 percent honest have i paid for every song that i've ever listened to god no no one i don't think anyone ever has but it's uh it's kind of interesting to try and be making money right now as a musician because it's kind of like i've only been making money as a musician for like three years and the amount of money I've been making isn't that significant, but even then I've noticed kind of cha- very subtle changes in the way that like, just the way that like our stuff is getting popular and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a weird time to be alive, Savannah. It really is. Yeah. I went on a bit of a tangent there, but that's a podcast. No, no worries. Um, I feel like I, with the internet now, there's the option of a fan coming directly to the music instead of, oh, if you want a CD, now you have to go out and actually buy the physical copy. Yeah, like, which I like. the stores t- taking, like, the biggest slice of the pie. Yes, yeah, like, and I like... I like the idea of in the past because um, when bands had fans, those fans were dedicated and they wore T-shirts and you couldn't wear a Led Zeppelin concert shirt if you weren't at that concert. Like that mm-hmm. was a no-no. And like I really like that. I still that. think that's a no-no. I, re- I really like that about kind of like just that time. Like you, like they know who the posers were, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're in a school and four or five guys are going to the Pink Floyd concert and you weren't there and you're rocking the Pink Floyd shirt, you get beat up that afternoon. That's what my friend, that's what my friend's dads have told me anyway. Yeah, and it's serious. just, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I don't think we necessarily have that fandom now, which is something I'm kind of sad about. I think we do for certain artists, I guess. Well, like, I mean, it really depends because um, 
for instance, one of my favorite bands, The Sword. I've seen them play at Pyramid Cabaret okay. in Winnipeg a couple of times. The Sword. Yeah, and so they're, I mean, it's a bar, right? So yeah. it's a small crowd. But when you go there and you see everybody in their shirts, you get a slice of that culture just for a moment where you're like, you know what? We're all here. Yeah. We all know the music. We're all here to rock out. That's how I feel at smaller music fests. Yeah, but, you know, now with bands like Nirvana, you know, you you see all kinds of people. Everyone has a Nirvana, Nirvana t-shirt. Shirt. Yeah, everybody's Everyone got owns one. A Nirvana. I actually don't, thank God. I've never owned a poster. So, yeah, you see somebody with a Nirvana shirt and you don't even think anything of it now because you're like, you're 14. You, you like... It's like, you probably shouldn't be wearing that t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know anything about Kurt Cobain? Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, if you listen to, like, I was... I don't even know, probably a story for another time, but I was hanging out with someone once and I can't even remember the song. <coughs> what it was? It was a, a Nirvana song. <laughs> Sorry. Okay? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm all croaky today, guys. I, yeah. I apologize. Um, it was a Nirvana song. I forget where I was. I was thinking I was just with my friends and uh, listening to a Nirvana song. And like Kurt Cobain, a lot of his songs are about suicide. Yeah. Like a lot of his songs are really dark. Mm-hmm. And the kid was listening to it. And like the mo- or his friend's mom was there too. And she's just in her own little world, just driving, just having a good time. And he's listening. I think it was like the song, excuse my language, but I think it was a song called Rate Me by Nirvana, right? Yeah. And he's rocking out to this. And the mom is just like, just <laughs> smiling, looking out the window. And it's like, maybe don't let your kids listen to, to that. I'm, I'm yeah. free with the freedom of information. But go- gosh. <laughs> Gosh darn it! Yeah, um, but that, yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I I liked um, our conversation that we had before we were recording, and I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of get that out there because I do think there is a much there's a big difference the way not only the way that we're recording because I kind of touched on that in a previous episode I, the, how I think how I've noticed there's a well and not only I I'm not an expert there's a big difference the way that people record music now versus then but there's also um, I actually want to talk about that later if we, if we want to put that on pause because Buffalo Fuzz there's like something I want to talk to you about oh, that I think you're going to have some yeah opinions. you mentioned it okay yeah, yeah so let's jump into this last song by Fuzzcrafter um, and then yeah we're going to switch to a different band with Fuzz in the name thank um, you Fuzzcrafter for uh, accompanying us yeah thank you thing. Um, I'm definitely happy I found your stuff and your album art is really cool so kudos to whoever designed that because that's a really cool cool photo so yeah listeners go to um, fuzzcrafter.bandcamp.com and just check it out. You don't have to buy anything, but you can preview but you the songs. Can and you can name and your yeah, price. exactly. Uh, I really like that option. So go ahead and check it out. It's really cool, and it's got like a an old kind of like a pedal, like a guitarist pedal, yeah. an effect pedal as the album art. It's really cool. Uh, but I think Savannah wanted me to pick this song, and I'm feeling. I didn't want you to pick that song. I no, wanted no, no. you to pick a song. Yes, no, no, that's what I should have said. Uh, so I'm gonna go with B3 because it sounds cool. Um, I don't even know if I've heard it, so... I have not. It's about a six-minute song, so sit back and relax.
Buenas noches. You're back in the Fuzz Factory. <laughs> Buenas noches, amigos. That was cool. And so, again, again, kind of like a little bit of a Deep Purple vibe. Like, Yeah, you know what? It's kind of weird that on their band camp right here, it says mostly influenced by 70s bands. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple. In that order. We yeah. di- Like, we did not not really plan these songs out. Like, right before we started recording, I decided I was going to play A4. So, like, I didn't know. That's it cool. just kind of came together. Yeah, you could we're definitely hear geniuses, that organ. You know that? Yeah. Like, we're just... No, you don't, no, it's not even geniuses. I just feel like we have this intuition, like we're plugged into the fuzz, the almighty fuzz right now. We're just naturally fuzzy. Yeah, just naturally fuzzy. So, I mean, yeah, that organ, I really started to hear it right at the end, too. Yeah, me too. As soon as, like, I feel like I keep saying this, but like, oh, as soon as you mentioned it, I know it's like, <laughs> But like, as soon as you said it, I, 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 I really did. As soon as you mentioned it, I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. It was just like, uh, it was coming in off the end beats and it was just like those two like, but yeah, it was cool. I really like it. Um, I love The the Doors are one of my favorite bands and uh, I don't know why, but I'm so like ingrained in that. Whenever I hear like cool, funky organ, I automatically think of The Doors. So it kind of gave me a we little vibe of them too. Episode. Yes, we should. Very because, psychedelic. Yeah, because I... Y- like, I listened to a bit, but I feel like you could show me a lot of music. Yeah, I actually just picked up a Doors vinyl, um, L.A. Woman, and it's one of the best vinyls I own. So, it's, uh, and there was a song on there that I didn't, ha- I think I had heard of it, but never actually listened to. And it actually, I can't remember the track right now, but that'll be an episode for the future. Maybe um, next episode. Yeah, maybe. Should we so, lock in right now? Yeah, do you know what? Let's you do it what? now. Let's, yeah, let's, tune in next week. Let's We're going to do the Doors. Yeah, we'll do a Doors episode next week because they, I can definitely pull up some underground Doors tracks and, uh, yeah, they're really very, very it. psychedelic, very fun. Um, but the keyboard kind of gave me a little bit of a, a vibe of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I guess, they were a little bit earlier. They're more end of the '60s, but like still, like these guys are really cool. Um, I feel like we could talk about them for like ten more hours, but we got to get yeah. on to this other band. Fuzz Factory, thank you. Yes, again. Fuzz Crafter, that was cool. Check oh wait, out did I just stuff. say Fuzz Factory? Yeah, that's okay though. We you plug the podcast. Myself. That's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So buy, buy the CD. You can name your price on Bandcamp. I'm sure they're on iTunes. Check them out. They're really cool. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely going to be downloading some of their stuff. Right on. Okay. So we're on to our second band today. Yeah. The, we're not going to spend as much time on the second band, unfortunately, but that's just because we had such an amazing time talking yeah, about Fuzzcrafter. We, we didn't even realize the time was just slipping Yeah, we're by. flying by today, but that's yeah. a good thing. That's a good sign, I guess. Well, I can introduce these guys. Yeah. So, um, Fuzz Crafter, that was from January of this year. That record came out, and now Buffalo Fuzz. This one came out less than three weeks ago. So brand new. Yeah. Music. So it's September thirtieth as of this recording, and it was released September twelfth. So it's brand spanking new. Sweet. Um, they have a couple songs from this EP they did back at the end of twenty fifteen that also made it onto this record. Um, but they're a twosome from mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, I was just reading that. Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. I like the older... Um, I'm looking at their Bandcamp page here. Um, Buffalo Fluzz... Buff, I was going to say Buffalo Fluzz. <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Fuzz. Buffalo uh, at Bandcamp.com. Uh, it's really kind of older style. Um, it looks it looks older style. Like, I don't know how to describe um, it. Like kinda I mentioned hipster, before, they're... Kind of grainy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, definitely they are giving off a hipster vibe, but they're pretty bluesy, actually. Like... Um, listening to it, they even tag themselves as heavy psych and, you know, fuzz and yeah. dirty blues and stuff. But the blues is like really shows through. They've got one of their, I 
I guess this might be the front and back of their of their album. I'm not sure, but they've got two um, album images here. No, and... no, that uh, other one that's from their EP that they released. Okay, so, so yeah, the one the on the songs... right with the buffalo is that their EP or is yeah, it? Okay, yeah. yeah. That's so that's the one I'm looking at, and it's really really cool. It's kind of mm-hmm. giving me some like uh, there's a Neil Young album. Uh, it's the name of it is slipping me, but there's a Neil Young uh, vinyl cover, and he's just he's he's leaning back, and there's a sunset. And I th- and he's got a guitar on his back, and this is giving me the same sort of feeling as this. I know it's got nothing to it's do really with it. It's really got an old school vibe, especially yeah, the font. Yes, yeah, that's what it is—the font and it's like I think looking. the colors too. Yeah, it's such a it's weird kind of a sepia sort of. I'm not the best of colors, but is this vibrant. blue? Is this kind of like greenish blue and orange? Kind like, of, yeah. It's a weird. That's the. Yeah, it's not I mean, quite if you that. had color issues, this would be the album that confused you for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, um, it's but I feel it's like, old style though and I really like it I feel like I'm going to like their music and again this is another self-titled album so Buffalo Fuzz by Buffalo Fuzz um, I feel like the first song that we should play should be from their EP like yes. one of their first sure. songs um, this one's called Perfect Man it's about five and a half minutes and if you want to just get the even just the EP with the two songs it's two US dollars let's do two. it Okay, like, let's, let's I hear. spend more than that on like candy in one day during a break. I spend totally. so much money on Tim Hortons. I can definitely fi- afford to buy these guys this album. Yeah, for sure. Uh, actually, the band we had on a couple weeks ago, um, they sang the Lonely Jones. Who was that? Post Animal. Post Animal. Yeah, so I bought their album. Did you? Yeah, it was awesome. I bought two of their little two song EPs. Right on. Uh, Bandcamp. Yeah. So and it were it was instant, guys. So I I actually I can I can confirm. I uh you put in your credit card information, you name your price, and I had the songs on my laptop within seconds. So it works, and uh, the audio quality was perfect. So great. Um, that that yeah. makes me feel really happy. Yeah. Take us into the first um, song by yeah. Buffalo Fuzz. Okay, again, the first song that we're going to listen to is Perfect Man, Buffalo Fuzz. Let's check it out. Thank you. 
Indeed, that was a dirty, sleazy kind of rock. I like and it. And I say that in the best way. Yeah, it was um it feels like there's like a lot of distortion on like the the guitars and stuff and if um <clears throat> if my ears are correct, I feel like you might have been recording in like a really old amp cuz like Oh, really? I, yeah, cuz that's some ways that I've gotten like you can just get this really crackly old sound that you just can't get with you can get with newer amps but like um a lot of newer amps have are like again like kind of like this difference between older and newer equipment a lot of amps now are kind of are digital um whereas a lot of amp or like have a kind of a digital like, like literally have like a circuit in them i guess all amps do but um older amps are something that you call tube amps and so they've literally got these glass tubes that like heat up and like oh, need, really yeah and they sound a lot better that's how you go, you'll get much more of a warmer fuzzier Whoa. sound out of it and that's why um i for example i use a vox tube amp specifically because vox is one of the few amp companies that still makes their amps almost identical to the way that they used to um back in like the 50s 60s 70s um so that's why i use a, a vox amp with tubes in it that's because you get a different you just get a different sound than uh, than an amp that doesn't have it so i feel like he might have been using a like kind of an older style tube amp because uh, he might not have been it might just be an effect <laughs> but um it sounds really cool yeah um now the thing i wanted to ask you about these guys is um they're just like a twosome um, one guy does mm -hmm. the drums and the other guy, he does vocals, guitar, bass, organ, piano, like, you know, he doesn't have enough arms to play all these instruments. So what I want to ask you is, how do you feel about artists who, what they do in the studio can't possibly be recreated on stage because they don't have enough people? Like they'll bring in session musicians or whatever for tours, but how do you feel about that? Well, I kind of like it, um, to be honest, because with the way that I write my music, I'm more the type, um, you know, like too many cooks in the kitchen is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, songwriting is very hard for me. And uh, once I started getting into songwriting and once I was kind of writing the type of songs that I like, um, someone else can hear the song and be like, oh, what if you did this? And I can think, ah, screw you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of instantly get defensive, uh, which is not the greatest way to be about certain things. But a lot of musicians are like that. So um, the thing is, it's really hard to find people. I, per, this is just my own personal experience, but it's really hard to find people who want to write the same type of music as you. Uh, you'll find a lot of people who write music, and that's great. Um, but finding someone who not only like, oh, you write similar stuff to me. That's cool. Like finding someone who's like, no, let's write songs together like let's work at this together it's very hard to find people who want to do that so i have a feeling that this guy um whoever the singer is he probably writes his own lyrics i'm guessing either that or they work on them together uh but he's probably kind of a stubborn dude jared zachary jared zachary okay so jared zachary i'm presuming things about you i might be wrong he uh, is also listed as the producer along with another guy see so that's kind of that kind of gives you a feel so yeah. i feel like he's uh he's heavily involved in the way that this is going to go into the studio and come out of it um so the um, there's a lot of musicians who are doing stuff like this now um whereas uh, i my, i myself i do all of the recording myself i am i'm not much of a singer so i I usually get um, either my friend Nicholas Whitting or I've had um, my friend Bailey Woods or my friend Mika Dawn. Uh, these are all people that I sing with. So they're, uh, I have friends who help me with the singing, like you said, kind of session musicians. Uh, but I do everything else myself. So now going forward, how do I plan gigs? Well, I'm, I, w I think it's a lot easier for bands to... Um, or, or I guess an artist to write the songs and then just have friends and be like, hey, I'll pay you money. Learn my songs. Let's get drunk and have a show tonight. You're really it, putting it in a new light because my initial opinion was that I would rather have it be organic. Like what you hear is what you'll get from like 
a big ensemble, but I definitely see your side of it, and I think I agree with you. I, well, and it all depends on the artist, too, yeah. because some artists are really good at, um, if you listen to their live music, it sounds dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac DeMarco is a guy that I would attest to this. So he's a Canadian guy. He's pretty psychedelic, actually, I guess. Um, pretty very groovy um writes a lot of like love songs but you, you don't like he disguises them well um it's really kind of surfy folky it's very canadian he's really really cool very canadian he's really cool he's really cool so i would re- really suggest you check out mac demarco uh, and anyone else listening check him out he's really cool i've been to a concert of his he's sweet but the way that he does his music is the exact same way that i do mine he's actually been a big inspiration once i started recording um because I really respect the way that he does it. Um, he does everything himself. So he lays down his guitar work. He does the bass line. He does the drums. He does the vocals. He mixes it. He masters it. And he does it all on analog. So he doesn't use digital uh, equipment. He uses like tape, which is sweet. I just really love that. Because um, you get it just sounds kind of old and grainy and rough. And There's actually this band that I really dig that um, records on analog. At least with their first couple of records, they're a lot more crisp and like. You you notice a, a difference in the sound. Now? Yeah. You'll, de- you'll definitely notice a difference when when you switch to the digital. It's much easier to master in digital for sure but that's kind of what i like if someone's really good at mastering in an analog setting it's like you know that they're they're really good at what they're doing Mm -hmm. but uh what i was getting at is he's really good at that because he does very similar stuff to me whereas he records everything and then he but he also he's a massive touring musician so what he does he um Mac DeMarco was originally from Edmonton, I believe, and then he moved out to Vancouver to find a band. I think he spent some time in Montreal as well. Uh, but just if you're a musician, you naturally hang out with other musicians. So we've found a group of guys, and he does, he does just that. He writes all the songs, but he tours like a madman, and these guys are his band. But when he goes to writing the songs and creating the album, that's all him. And it's also um, a way that like it, it lets artists play in more bands. Like That's something I've been noticing is a really common thing now. Um, I think back in the day, more people would like have one band and like, this is our band we play. Whereas now it really is much more of a struggle to get your content out, to build an audience. Um, So a lot of, I've noticed a lot of people will have their own project and then there'll be a session musician for other people. And I do that as well. Mm -hmm. So I I have my own music, but I'm in a country band called Jump the Clutch. And I'm also, I'm just a filler guitarist for people who need me. If they text me, say, hey, we need a guitarist tonight. Learn some songs, I'll do it. which is just a really good way because you're getting your name out there on more than one platform. But it kind of all relates back to what I was saying earlier. It's a much different scenario than now. Um, it kind of threw me off, too, when I first was learning that bands would do this. Like, oh, this is only one guy? This isn't yeah. like a band? And then you think that. You're like, oh, well, you're going to sound so weird on stage. Um, but Mac DeMarco is just a good example of uh, his his recordings are really, really tight, really smooth. And but when he's with a band, like they bring a lot more energy to his songs. They're usually faster paced. Um, he like screams and jumps and like it's it's really fun. Uh, and he's just and a really good example of he does it all himself, but he has a band and he completely changes the songs almost. But they're still his. And it's actually I would say it's more normal to do that, write everything and like give it to session musicians and have them be your touring band. Then there's some bands that you know that, yes, they're all members and they've like made all these albums together. But it's really like the lead singer who's writing the lyrics and writing the riffs yeah, and then exactly. like, passing everything. You off. can like, really tell, um, which is sometimes that is what the band wants. Sometimes like I've been in bands where there, I've been in bands before where I am like in my mindset. It's like I'm just the guitarist. Like this isn't my band. Right. Uh, where the, the singer would kind of he would write the lyrics and he would pick 
set list, which is cool, right? Because like mm-hmm. I'm just here to play guitar, dude. Yeah, like your hands it, off. sometimes guys really want that. Sometimes like you just really like it's fun to go play gigs and get a paycheck. And sometimes that's where your mindset is. Um, but other times you're more much more invested in a project, I guess. Um, there's always one person who's more invested in it than the yeah, other. and it's and, and but I feel like you every now and then once you find like a really great duo or a trio or maybe even a band like a Led Zeppelin is a great example for me. Um, those are four guys that loved each other and loved making music together. And when John Bonham died, they they quit. Like mm-hmm. they were like, we're not a band anymore because our drummer's dead. Like that, I really respect about them and other bands who have done it too. They're not the only people who have had that mindset, but uh, like. It's really hard I to hate find. I to cut you off, but are you hearing my stomach rumbling? Yeah, I, I feel did. like the mic is picking it up. You're so hungry right now. I'm You're starving. making me hungry. Uh, it's just, it, it's just so cool uh, to to see that connection because it's really hard to make uh, with musicians. So I find like you're right. Usually in a lot of bands, it's one or two guys who are more invested than the other ones. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes yeah. sometimes you just need a drummer to show up for gigs, right? Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes a drummer doesn't want to write And also songs. different setups work for different people. So. Exactly. Um, and that's I've, I've had a lot more fun uh, in the last year once I've, I've played in a couple different bands rather than just focusing on, on one band. And I think... I've noticed that about a lot of musicians. I think a lot of people are doing that now. I'm sorry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but I th- hope that answered your question yeah, about definitely. like the recording process a little bit. Because um, I had the same no, impression. You, you really gave me a new perspective on it. I had the same impression at first when I found out a lot of... Because I really had no knowledge of recording till maybe two years ago. Once I started recording with, with a band I was in. Um, up until then, I really just loved playing guitar and playing whatever time I could get on stage, I'd play. Um, and think about like composers from back in the day. They would write the parts for... Like all these instruments and for a full that's orchestra. That's what I mean. I, it really um, it opens up your brain to a new way of thinking, and it makes you appreciate these other um, creators a lot more. Like mm-hmm. you just think like, oh Mozart, whatever Mozart. Like not that Mozart like, was bomb. But like th- that's what I mean. Like I'm trying to write songs that maybe have four or five instruments in it. Writing an orchestra, uh, an orchestral. Uh, how do you say that? Writing orchestral? an orchestra. Uh, yeah, an orchestral piece. I guess uh, writing that, that would just. You have to be on a different level of intelligence for that. Um, you have to know so much about music theory and mm-hmm. stuff, and it just really fascinates me. Um, the more that I've played by myself and tried to do more of the recording too, I've found like I've made myself a better musician. And like a because of practice, but like just forcing myself to learn drums and play more bass and stuff, it's made and example like drumming is all timing, so it's actually made my guitar work better because my timing has improved a lot. So it's kind of cool how it all works together. And I think that's one reason why some artists do it too. Some artists really enjoy just playing all the instruments. And I don't think it's a selfish thing. I And it's not really like a... I know that sometimes I'm a very stubborn person. And I know that sometimes the reason I want to work by myself is just like that, like, screw you Creative attitude. Let me, let me do it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think everyone's like that. I feel like some people genuinely just really enjoy playing every instrument. And maybe that's why they do it. Yeah. Maybe these two guys just really love playing music together and they're like do what we don't need anyone else yeah bromance yeah i think pick the next song yeah we're gonna end things off today uh it's been a good episode savannah let me rant so that's always appreciated yeah and uh one more thank you to our sponsor we are going to be performing at cree comedy night in winnipeg manitoba on november November 6th and 7th at what time um doors open at 6 30 uh, show starts at 7.45, and if you're late, they will not let you in, so just make sure you get there. Oh, that's a good seat, note, actually. Get a drink. Yeah, apparently. Get ready to laugh. Do not show up after the doors close, because apparently won't even let you us won't in. let anyone in. We're yeah. the talent, and we can't even get through. 
Um, late. Not to scare you away from the venue. I'm sure the hosts are very lovely people. Um, have you ever been there? Uh, I have not actually. Um, I've been to one show there, and it's a really great place. Sweet. I've it's heard a, I've heard very good things about it. Every yeah, time. Yeah. When that you think I've comedy friends. club, like you would think that it's more of a raised stage and like there's a backstage and stuff, but it's really casual. Like you see them walking through. Kind of like audience. a bar vibe almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, very much cool. so. So Savannah and I are going to be performing there. We're going to be doing five minutes each of stand-up comedy. Uh, specifically on November 6th. Yes, we will be in November 6th. Um, we are going to be performing along with about 25 other classmates. Uh, somewhere 14. around there. 14, 14 on dude. each night. No, yeah. but I mean in total. Four. Yeah, there's 14 each night Kay. for a total of 28. 14 each night. And we've got two headliners that are not students uh, that are all, uh, very established comedians. So uh, check the info out. I don't want to give all the way, uh, give all the info <laughs> away, but I guess. And if you want tickets, hit us up. Yes, if you would like tickets, they are $10 You can piece. even contact us through our blog, thefuzzfactoryblog.wordpress.com. Yes, Find us in person if uh, if you know where we walk around, or find us on the internet. We're unsettling. very easy to find. Yeah. Uh, so almost too easy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tickets are available <laughs> through us and Kenton Larson. Um, All right. Enough about that. What yeah, song? Creek Comedy pick? Night. We're gonna go with. Do you have the band camp open? Because I got it right here. Yeah, I've been looking at their. We, album. That last song was the, the also the first song on the album. Okay. Again, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the e- the album, not the, the yeah. little mini one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Which one jumps out at you? There's a song called Locked and Loaded, and I kind of like the feeling That sounds that. aggressive. Let's hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to end the show today yeah. with Buffalo Fuzz, Locked and Loaded. Thanks again to our sponsor. Thanks again to the listeners. Please uh, like, share, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Uh, give us feedback. We appreciate it. Yeah, give us suggestions. We're open to it. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Fuzz Factory. Just a small disclaimer. We said that we were going to play a song called Locked and Loaded. Uh, We had trouble with the audio files, and I decided to switch the song. So I'm playing a different one called Ain't Seen a Send. Uh, Still by the same band called Buffalo Fuzz, so check them out. And that's the end of the episode. Thank you.